Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What's up, hockey fans? Welcome back to Casing the League on Believe Network, bringing you your top NHL headlines, hot topics, and more importantly, best bets for the most exciting time of the year, the Stanley Cup playoffs. Let's quickly just get into Casing the League today because it's the weekend. We want to focus on game two, and we're just going to breeze over these hot topics because they're kind of recycled over the last 48 hours. So first and foremost, it's back to that conversation around former, now former, Toronto Maple Leaf GM Kyle Dubas. And it's because of all of the information that just continued to leak out after his firing yesterday around noon Eastern time now. The only reason we're touching back on this is because as the day progressed, obviously more information had come to light, starting with Brendan Shanahan saying that Dubas reached out a couple days before his press conference last week, saying that he does want to remain with the Maple Leafs. We know this information. We talked about this here on Casing the League in episode one. The fact that I personally didn't see him go anywhere because I thought that his press conference kind of carried a character of confidence, saying that he didn't want to start over. He didn't want to go anywhere else. He wanted to remain with the Leafs. I also expressed the fact that regardless of how anyone feels about the last five seasons where Davis was GM, you still have to give the guy credit where credit is due. And also just a random side note, I'm reading a book called The Science of Hockey. So far, so good. And it actually talks and gives praise to Kyle Dubas for being such an analytical number crunching mind. So he has assets. He has benefits to carry to a team um, as to the fit. As to if he's a great reflection of the culture, that's a whole different discussion that we will not get into. So all this to say that between the press conference last week, between him expressing that he wants to stay, between outside expressions from reliable sources that he would deserve a better payday, well, he requested that payday. And a couple of days later, finds out that he's actually going to be out of the job. And Brandon Shanahan kind of chalked it up to the fact that it's better long term for the organization. Now, on episode two of Casing the League, we discussed the fact that it's not possibly out of reach, but maybe not ideally affordable to pay for an extension for your GM, a quality one, so that he can match other GMs in the NHL, and then maintain your core four, especially one of those core four guys looking to be one of the top paid NHL guys in the league, as well as, you know, maintaining the acquired guys from the trade deadline, uh, managing guys that deserve a secured role within the Toronto Maple Leafs roster that were called up throughout the season. They had a lot of issues when it came to their goalie situation and so on and so forth. So in a sense, in a spec, I can understand the long term of all of this and I can understand the big picture. And every organization has its culture. Every organization has its, its isms. Every organization has its identity. I mean, I've seen it across different three or four different NHL teams from Florida to the West Coast, specifically from covering those teams over the last five, six years. So I do understand where Shanahan's coming from to an extent, but I also believe that a lot more played into this situation. Now, aside from Dubas and Shanahan clearly not seeing eye to eye, we do have a night 
in Shining Arbor in the mix of all this, a very loyal friend, a former center in the professional hockey league by the name of Jason Spezza. I probably mostly recognize him from a Dallas Stars jersey. You guys might recognize him from the Stars jersey or something else. But shortly after his buddy Dubitz was released from the Maple Leafs organization, he resigned from his front office position. So we'll see what's next for him because a lot of people are excited for Spezza to be in a front office position. And we know that, you know, that's, I think it's helpful to have former players in, in, in top positions like that, obviously to help organizations grow and build and especially newer organizations to kind of start getting that identity of a dynasty, you know? So it'd be cool to see him to go to a younger team, a freshly expanded team. Those are just my little um, wants and thoughts. So quick brush over and update on the Dubas situation. Um, moving along now, more conversations around the Arizona Arizona, Arizona, maybe not so Arizona Coyotes. Um, as we mentioned on the first episode that the Arizona Coyotes kind of lost that vote to build a new permanent home in Tempe, Arizona. And with that, we heard about different cities that decided, hey, we want to host you guys. We want to have you guys here. And that was Atlanta. That was Houston. That was Kansas City and Utah being top talks of these cities that were welcoming to having a hockey team. Well, as we discussed that, the cities that threw their hats in the ring, then we also discussed the fact that the Arizona Coyotes posted across their social platforms, basically implying that they have no intention of leaving Arizona. They're going to figure something out. They even went further the next day and posted a vote on their social media asking fans where would they want to see their new permanent home. And there were a couple cities throughout Arizona. Scottsdale got the top vote. And with all of this conversation taking place and with them obviously having hopes to maintain their team in Arizona, some people now are just like, look, Arizona doesn't want you there. Why not move on? And somebody at the top of this curiosity eh, comes out of Hartford, Connecticut. Yeah. Yesterday afternoon, evening time, Hartford, Connecticut threw their hat in the ring saying, Hey, we'd be the perfect home for the coyotes. And I'm not going to lie guys, the Connecticut coyotes kind of hits. I mean, it rolls off the tongue. I'm, a total dork for play on names or anything that flows or same late same letter situations like they they kind of won me over with that one not to mention is that this past year connecticut is become the home of champions you know you've got the yukon guys that started lifting trophies um you've got all sorts of victorious athletics coming out of connecticut home of espn why not throw the the, the coyotes the coyotes in uh, Hartford, Connecticut, and see how that works out? So now a lot of people are starting to get on board with this because again, the name just hits. It makes sense. It feels good. Uh, just imagine the logos and all the things that they would have going on here. But regardless of how cool, swaggy, or any of the other words that I can come up with in this moment that the Connecticut Coyotes may sound like, regardless of the appeal. In episode one of Casing the League, we did discuss the backlash and the snowball effect that could potentially come from this gypsy organization trying to find a home. And one of the effects here is the fact that when you have top prospects coming out of college um, looking to finalize their declaration to start their NHL career, well, any guy signed to that Coyotes team is hesitant. One of the top guys, apparently, that not only is hesitant, but deciding to stay at uni a little longer is uh, University of Minnesota's Logan Cooley. He's decided to stay at University of Minnesota for another season, and his top line, 
who are so freaking exciting to watch uh, these past two seasons, actually, most of those guys have started to move on to their NHL careers. So I think that that's very telling, especially because a guy like Logan Cooley could already contribute. Um, you saw his buddy Matthew Nyes jump in and contribute from the Maple Leafs. So for him to decide, and he also posted something on social media months ago talking about how ecstatic he was to join the Arizona Coyotes. It was after one of their top games, I think, versus either like Winnipeg or it was some Canadian team, but it was, it was a big game. Coyotes pulled off a, a victory on the road and they didn't have the greatest road record. So just imagine the excitement. Um, and yeah, he talked about being excited to join that roster. And now all of a sudden he wants to stay back at University of Minnesota. Now, if there's anything to be excited about for uh, U of M, it's that they probably will end up back in the frozen four again. And they did amazing this, this past year, but uh, Quinnipiac deserved it. Um, they outworked them. So that's probably one of the few things we're going to see coming out of this Arizona coyote situation as they figure out where their permanent home is going to be. I mentioned in episode one, no player wants to really be a part of such instability. Um, it's hard to, you know, work and focus on, your growth, your development at that level, at that pace of hockey, while also needing to appeal to a fan base and, and, you know, connect with a fan base. And then you connect with a fan base just to think that you might be uprooted within a year, two years, three years, or whatever the case may be. So we'll continue to keep updates on what's going on with the Coyotes. I'm not even going to continue to call them the Arizona Coyotes until Arizona tells us that they actually want them there and they could find some home for them. Um, let me know if you guys think there's other effects that are going to take place. Also, I saw this on social media last night as well that uh, Clayton Keller's dad said that um, apparently his Twitter was hacked. So all of his tweets regarding his emotions around the Tempe vote going south were not him. Now, I'm not sure to what degree that's all honest. I mean, the only thing I saw from from Keller was a, an emoji, a sad face emoji. I don't think that's really saying too much or alluding to anything other than the fact that like that was a disappointing situation, which it was freaking disappointing. Moving along, we had the Western Conference final game one last night. And luckily, guys, it did not go into four overtimes. But I know everybody lost a little bit of oxygen when they realized that things got tied up in the third period and that they were heading into an overtime regardless. So all that to say that it only went into one overtime and it was like a minute and 26 seconds. And it was Vegas that takes the crown and the series lead. They win it four to three versus the Dallas Stars. And you know what? I had a feeling this was coming. We talked about this yesterday on Casing the League here on Believe Network that when you're facing a team in the Western Conference final and you were not able to beat them throughout the regular season, let alone the fact that they beat you 4-0, 3-2, you're going to have a different kind of chip on your shoulder especially in playoff hockey, because I think most of us agree by now the regular season means nothing once you get into playoff mode. Playoff hockey is just its own different category, planet, universe, all the thing. So that was a big win for the Vegas Golden Knights to set a tone. And look, after what they did with the Oilers, if they can minimize or contain high offensive powered structured hockey teams, we're looking at a team that's probably going to be playing in the Stanley Cup final. I'm not going to jump the gun. I just feel like we saw some good things. Now, Dallas got on the board first thanks to Robertson. I mean, also another elite player who's just so exciting to watch. But it's not even him that was the most exciting person. I'm so sorry. He opened the scoring, but it's Rope Hints. We had him down for an anytime goal. He collected, so I hope you guys cashed in on that. But not only that, he picked up three points yesterday versus Vegas. Like He had an assist on Robertson's opening goal. He picked up his own goal, and then, of course, he had another assist. 
Another bet that hit last night that we had here on Casing the League that you could have cashed in on was uh, Joe Pavelski over just half a point. I told you, those half a points are easy cash because they sit so low for guys that you know pick up uh, consistent point streaks here and there and that are always kind of a part of that um, generating offense role. So for Pavelski to pick up two points last night, that would be a nice cash in on just the over. Then uh, you got William Carlson that went off for the Vegas Golden Knights picking up two goals. And look, you got to give it to the new dad. First of all, he was in the hospital the night before, uh, the technically the morning of a game um, for the last round versus the Seattle Kraken. Or no, it wasn't the Kraken, my bad, Oilers. And um, he, I think his wife gave birth at like 1.30 in the morning. Just to put that all in perspective, he probably didn't leave until 3, 4, 5 o'clock in the morning and then had a game. And to be a brand new dad, getting on a schedule with a brand new baby and not trying to leave it all to your wife while you're still in the middle of the most important part of your season, we can bank on the fact that he's probably not getting much rest and still to come in and show up for his team and to show up for his wife. It's just tremendous. I just had to have that little moment giving him credit. So two goals for Carlson. And then, of course, you got Brett Howden with the overtime winner. Now, why I loved this overtime winner so much is because Howden's one of the few guys that was able to pick up a goal versus Dallas in the regular season. The regular season where they weren't finding much success in the W column versus the Stars. We've already talked about that enough. So I thought that that was kind of a sweet little poetic justice moment. A guy that was able to find a way in the regular season, found a way in overtime. He did so early in respect of bedtime. Because I know a lot of us were lagging yesterday after staying up until 2 o'clock in the morning. And then you don't just shut off the TV after that four overtime win. Regardless of whatever team won, you're buzzing from what you just watched. Your heart rate's so high. The excitement is still in the air. Your eyes are half closed, half open, whatever the case may be. And um, yeah, if you're anything like me, I'm not somebody who can just shut everything down and go to sleep. I'm not even close to borderline narcoleptic. I have to unwind. So it's like another hour and some change before I'm finally relaxed, emotions subsided, and then I can close my eyes and go to sleep. So I was just very excited that we got to bed at a normal time. Um, okay, accountability moment. Yeah, none of my goalie predictions panned out. First of all, I did not expect Hill to have 33 saves, uh, and I didn't expect the Ottinger. Like, I just gave him so much praise. We did, we did see that he bounces back largely after games where he lets up anything over two goals. So I know that game two for the Western Conference is going to probably be pretty spectacular. And uh, yeah. It's going to be a firepower situation for the Dallas Stars, but failed on both of those um, predictions for the goaltenders. Aiden Hill with 33 saves, sitting at a .917 save percentage at the end of last night's game. Hats off to him. I did mention the fact that if he was able to contain such guys like Dreisaitl, McDavid, um, Nugent Hopkins, and all of those stellar guys on the Oilers team, that was a great little warm-up and preparation for the Western Cup or Western Conference Finals. So he showed up and did his job last night very well. All of this takes us into tonight's best bets. We've got the Eastern Conference Final Game 2 tonight, 8 o'clock yet again. And uh, hopefully the Cats got some rest. We saw Matthew Kachuk's beautiful celly of just running straight off the ice into the locker room in his post-game presser. He said, look, it's time to eat and go to sleep. And I do not blame him. Um, so for my best bets for tonight's matchup, Starting with the point gods, as you guys know, and anyone new to Casing the League, if you're joining us for episode three, when we discuss best bets, we have three categories that you can throw these bets into. Bet number one, or category number one, is to cash it. That means you like the bet, you feel the way that I feel about the bet, 
we're both on the same page, make some money off of it. The second category is case it. That means you got to look into it a little further. You got to Google, you got to ask a friend, phone a friend, whatever you got to do. You got to look into it. You got to investigate. You got to case it. Category number three, cut it. You're not feeling it. That's your vibe. Doesn't hit. You don't think it will do well. You don't agree. Whatever, whatever, whatever. And that's a very simple one. So three categories. And you guys can always let me know over at the sports case, K-A-S-E, or casing the league, K-A-S-I-N-G, the league over on Twitter, as well as Instagram. What bets will you cash? What bets do you need a case? And what bets will you cut? And look, if you got a case of bet and you want to discuss it with me, hit me up on Twitter. I'll be happy to chat it out with you. So starting with our point gods, Anthony Duclair over just half a point at a plus 105. Uh, he picked up a few different point streaks throughout this entire playoff series in round one or round two. Um, obviously, coming back from a huge injury, it's just great to see how much he's just gotten back into his position of contributing to this game, contributing to this roster. Um, he's somebody who he he's got such a physical element to his game, but I don't think he gets enough credit for his puck management skills and the way that he works in tight situations. And again, for his frame, for the size of guy that he is, you know, some of his puck handling skills manage very, very well against the perimeter along the boards. Um, And I think that helps his team pick up points and him specifically. So Anthony Duclair over half a point at a plus 105. He had two assists and eight shots on goal last game. Of course, keep in mind this eight shots on goal range through the four overtimes. Um, now for the Canes point, God, I'm taking Steph, look, Steph and Neeson, Nason, excuse me, over just half a point at a plus 100 value. That plus 100 value is great value. And Nason is somebody that you can count on to pick up over half a point. Um, he comes in clutch when it, when it's time to hit goals, but also him in the assist column for the Canes has also been huge. I mean, and specifically in round one is when he was just racking it up. Then heading over to our anytime scores. You got Ryan Lumberg, anytime score. Now, this might be crazy because it sits at a plus 55. But if anybody cashes in on this, it's going to be a pretty handsome payday because a number of reasons. He's going to want that goal back. He technically almost shut down the game and had the overtime goal initially for the Florida Panthers. But, you know, it got called back. I think it was like goalie interference or something. So for a guy who's coming back, finally joining the lineup, played as well as he did in game one. He's going to want that goal back, and I wouldn't be surprised to see him collect. So take him for an anytime score at that plus 550. Uh, Natchez, anytime score at a plus 170. He had one assist and five shots on goal last time. And look, he was creeping around the goal. I thought that there was maybe three or four big opportunities for Natchez to pick up a goal. So game two is a great opportunity for him to, again, take back what you think you deserve. And then Bobcat. Sergey Brabowski, yes, he had a killer performance the other night, but he just continues to help keep his team in games. Uh, take him for over 31 and a half saves at a minus 125. So those are my five best bets heading into game two of the Eastern Conference Final going down tonight at 8 p.m. Let me know. What are you cashing? What are you casing? What are you cutting? Other than that, guys, have a spectacular weekend. Do not forget to follow us over at the Sports Case, Casing the League, and check out Believe Network. Two episodes already out of Casing the League. Third episode going up right now. I'm your host, Casey Hudson. Thank you so much for joining me here on Casing the League on Believe Network. And until next time, guys, have a fantastic weekend.